Hello again, everybody. Randy Weddle here. I'm your host for Creation Anew. I am the pastor of Community Church of Mooresville, located in Mooresville, Indiana. And I'm also the pastor of Mount Pleasant Christian Church, located in the great town of Hall, Indiana. And I'm so glad to have you with me today. We're going to go ahead and get right into things. This is a Sunday. And that means that we are going to look into the book of Revelation. Now, we only got through the first three verses last Sunday. And if you want to listen to that podcast episode, just look for Creation A New Sunday and you'll see uh, that, uh, that first episode. What we're going to do today is we're going to look at Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. So let's go ahead and get started. I want to read that those verses to you and then we'll we'll get right into things john to the seven churches that are in asia grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from jesus christ the faithful witness the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Okay, there's our passage. So let's uh, let's get right into things. The one, uh, the first thing that I want you to know is that John is the author and he identifies himself. Now he doesn't identify himself clearly here. And that's kind of uh, John's pattern. And if you want to know why I believe this is John the Apostle writing, you can go back to the creation of New Sunday that that it starts off with Revelation 1, 1 through 3, and you'll find out why. So go back to that episode, you'll learn. But this is John the Apostle, and he's writing to the seven churches. These are seven specific churches, And we know that they're in Asia. Why? Because John tells us. Now, these churches are real churches. They're not make-believe. They're not just solely, um, you know, um, symbolic of churches. Even though they're real churches and they existed at that point in time and they had real problems and they had real people, they do reflect the problems and the nature of churches throughout the ages. So I want to let you know that. Now, the part of Asia that we're talking about here would be the southwest corner of Asia. Now, what was Asia in the first century? Well, Asia was known as this piece of land that was on the north side of the Mediterranean and on the east side of the Aegean Sea. Today, we call this land Turkey. So if you go to the southwest corner, That's the area that we're talking about here. So John is writing to the seven churches that are in Asia, and he he goes on and he gives a usual greeting that we find in many other places in the Bible. He he says, um, 
Let me get over there. He says, grace to you and peace. We see that many times in scripture where Paul uses this phrase and where um, where John uses this phrase and it's a, it's a uh, you can think of it as a, a wish it's a wish upon these people that they can they can have God's grace and peace and enjoy his grace and peace for the believers they had God's grace but it was that they could walk in his grace they could they could serve in the grace of God and continue to enjoy that grace and of course believers have peace too through Jesus Christ but they can enjoy that peace so that's what we can think of here so he goes uh, he goes on he says grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come now i am convinced that this is talking about god the father and it talks about the eternal nature of the father so you can think of god as self-existing meaning no one created him he doesn't have a beginning or an end he's continual so it is uh it also reflects that god the father's unchangeableness now we have a word for that the theological word is immutability so it it the word john says i'm i, I wish grace and peace upon you from god the father the self-existent jehovah the unchangeable god the unchanging god so this is referring to god the father's eternal eternality his self-existence and his immutability that's kind of cool isn't it so we go further and it says and from the seven spirits who are before his throne so if you can picture a throne room and and you know we really don't know um you know we can't accurately and and completely picture god's throne room but we see the throne room of god okay and in your mind you may think well there are seven different spirits before the throne of god well don't think of it that way you see what we're going to learn in the book of revelation is that the number 7 indicates completeness uh, the 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 fullness if you will nothing lacking and when john is writing here and he says i wish grace to you and peace and he mentions from the seven spirits he is talking about the holy spirit but he's talking about the holy spirit not as seven individual spirits but as a complete it, it we're you're talking about the 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 whole spirit of god okay and we'll see the number 7 come up more and more so god so john wishes grace and peace to these people from god the father god the son and then in verse 5 he says and from jesus christ so let's stop there for just a moment and i want to mention something to you you're not necessarily going to find the concept of the trinity in the bible well let me say that again you're not going to find the bible explicitly saying there is a trinity 
In other words, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. But you find it still mentioned. It's implicit. Because here, this is a great example. John doesn't say, I wish grace and peace to you from the Trinity. But he names God the three persons of God in these verses. God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son. So he goes on and he describes Jesus Christ. He says that Jesus is the faithful witness. Now, when Jesus was on earth, certainly he showed us God. In fact, at one point in time, Jesus, someone, um, one of his disciples said, hey, just show us the Father and that's going to be enough. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus showed us who God was. He was a faithful witness. He completely did the work that God sent him to do. So he was a faithful witness. John says he was the firstborn of the dead, which means that that not that Jesus was created, not he, not that he was born in the sense that we think of born, but that he was the first to rise from the dead, and specifically to rise from the dead under his own power. Now the reason why that is is because Jesus was sinless, and death couldn't hold him, so he was he rose from the dead. But because he rose from the dead, humanity can also be freed from death. Anyone who believes upon the Lord Jesus Christ will follow Jesus out of the grave. Now, I hope that makes sense to you. That's what that phrase means, firstborn of the dead. John also calls Jesus the ruler of the kings of the earth. And we're going to see that more and more as we get into the book of Revelation. Now, some people will get all panicky over who's in office and, and you know, who's holding a power in a country. And that certainly does make an impact on life. I don't want to deny that. But as believers, the ultimate ruler of all the kings of the earth is Jesus. And the rulers have two choices. They either bow in submission to Jesus now, or they're going to be forced to bow later. That's every single king. There is no ruler on the earth that will rule forever. They will come to an end. So that can be encouraging for us if we are under a bad ruler. John also also says that Jesus is the, the one that loves him and his readers. And that he he loosed or he released John and his readers from their sins by his blood. And certainly that talks about the work of Christ. And you know, it's not just John and his readers who were loved by, by Christ and who were released from their sins. If you're a believer today, you are loved by God. You are loved by Jesus and you have been released from your sins. So have I. Do you want to be released from your sins? All you have to do is just simply ask Jesus for that gift. And he does love you and wants to release you of your sins. John continues. And he said, this is the one, 
that this Jesus is the one that made John and the seven churches a kingdom and priests to God. Now, <clears throat> we see this in 1 Peter 2.9 as well. And literally what it means that Christians, that believers, are people who live in God's rule and they may enter into God's presence. Now we are we are a kingdom, we are a kingdom of redeemed people. And we can come into the presence of God and someday we're going to physically go into the presence of God. Just like the priests of old, the high priest would go into the holy of holies once a year. Well, believers today have the opportunity to go before God himself in prayer at any time. So believers are a kingdom. We are a kingdom of kings, and you'll see this in Revelation 5.10. There's going to be a day when believers are actually going to rule under the, 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 the rule of Christ. Don't think you have any power? Well, in this life you may not. But when eternity starts, believer, you're going to have rule and responsibility. This, this idea of, of a kingdom and priests means that, that the church, that believers are royalty, that we, we, we are heirs to royalty. We're like, like princes and princesses. And we are a kingdom, and we enter into that kingdom by faith in Christ. And, and we have, just like the priests of old, like I said, we have the right to enter in to God's presence at any time. Then John says a praise, and let's go over there. Uh, let me get to that portion. At the very end of verse 6, he says, To him be the glory, to, to Jesus be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now that word amen there means so be it. It's a firm, true thing that to Jesus is going to be glory. In other words, dignity, honor, and dominion forever and ever. And as we go through the book of Revelation, we're going to see that Jesus is going to rule in a kingdom that will never end. His rule will never, will never ever end. And then we kind of switch gears in verse 7. And John says, Behold, so take a look. He is coming with the clouds. Now, in the first chapter of Acts, we see Jesus descending up into the sky. After he rose from the dead, he spent about 40 days with his disciples. And he ascended into the sky. That's in Acts 1, 9-11. We also see this concept of Jesus coming in the clouds in Daniel 7, 13. This is a reference to the Messiah. This is a reference to Jesus. In Acts, he ascended. In Revelation, he's going to descend and he, he comes, he, he, is, he was enveloped in clouds when he ascended, and he is going to appear from the clouds 
when he descends. It says uh, in Revelation, our text says that every eye will see him. That means it's going to be a public bodily appearance of Jesus. Even those who pierced him, John says, will see him. And I believe that this is a reference that comes from Zechariah. 1210 and it's talking about Israel now I'm not trying to bash on Jews but it was the Jewish nation who rejected their king and they cried out for him to be crucified now all of our sins whether Jew or Gentile was the reason why Jesus went to the cross but in the book of John the gospel of John John mentions that Jesus came to his own to the Jews and the Jews rejected him so even those who pierced him those who were were responsible for his death and in a way that includes you and I too if we're not Jewish so every eye will see him his his coming is going to be physical like I said and visible it's not going to be a silent thing I'm sure the news cameras will be on it. I'm sure there will be YouTube videos on it, things like that. If the if that technology is still around, whatever Jesus comes, then by golly, I'm sure those videos will be on there. John continues and says that all the tribes of the earth will truly mourn over him. And again, we see that word amen, meaning this is true, this is absolute. Now, when all the tribes of the earth will truly mourn over him, this goes back to Matthew 24:30. And the reason why the the tribes or the nations will mourn is because Jesus's return will mark their judgment. Those people that don't believe in Jesus will be judged, so therefore yes, they will mourn. Now, at the very last, it's verse 8 where Jesus himself uh, comes in and he says, "I am the alpha and the omega." Now that term alpha and omega comes from the Greek alphabet. And uh you've got uh the first letter which is alpha and the last letter which is omega, meaning that he is the first and the last. And this goes back to the eternality of Jesus. He really is the beginning, he has no beginning and he is the end. There is no ending. So it's talking about his deity that he is equal with God the Father and that Jesus is God. So that's what we've got in the first or in the the verses 4 through 8 here that we have John's greeting we have an introduction uh John wishes grace and peace upon the seven churches to whom he is writing and he goes right in to God the Father God the Son and then he gives more time to describe Jesus and we see that vivid description here now what does this mean for us today What this means for us today is that John is writing the seven churches but guys we can glean and benefit from this writing too. And we can start applying the things of revelation to us. Well, what are some things that apply to us? Well, we as believers have grace and peace through or from God the Father, Spirit and the Son. 
if you're not a believer, you can have grace and peace from God. Just as much as believers, just ask for Jesus to save you. And then it's good for us to remind ourselves of the nature or the 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 uh, the well the the person of Jesus, and that He is going to return, and that His return for the believer is going to be great, for the non-believer not so great. So let me just speak really quickly here. For those of you that get scared of the book of Revelation, I want you to take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. <laughs> Because this book is an encouraging book. This book should only be scary to non-believers. Because non-believers without Christ have no hope, but believers in Christ have every hope. This is a book that tells the church that she wins that she won't be forgotten by Jesus so let me encourage you you don't have to live without hope and if you understand that you have broken God's laws but Jesus paid the penalty for your sins by dying on the cross he rose from the dead he's alive he can give you life and he is going to return someday You can have hope too by just simply asking Jesus to take away your sins. Well, guys, that's uh, Revelation 1, 4 through 8. If you have questions, if there's something I said that confused you, feel free to write to me. My email address is randy at creationanew.com. And uh, if I, if I uh, said something that made you think a little bit more, excellent. That's what I want to do. Hey, I want to let you know... If you don't have a home church and you live in central or west central Indiana, let's name some places. Well, let's see. Greenwood and um, Indianapolis, Avon, Plainfield, uh, Monrovia, Greencastle, Cloverdale, Martinsville, Mooresville, any of those areas. And if you want to come from further, that's fine too. But uh, those areas are you know, far enough away. If you don't have a home church and you're looking for one, I would encourage you to try out Mount Pleasant Christian Church located at 5830 West Hurt, that's H-U-R-T Road, Monrovia, Indiana, 46157. And the service times start at 10 o'clock in the morning and you'll find biblical teaching. You'll also find people that love you. If you like to get up later on Sundays, and really, who doesn't? I mean, a later start is not bad. At 11.15, you can join us for worship at Community Church of Mooresville. We like to call it CCM. Now, they're located at 61 West Harrison Street, Mooresville, Indiana, 46158. If you look on a map, you'll see Mooresville is at, like, uh, southwest of Indianapolis, and then uh The, the uh, Mount Pleasant is located uh, west of Mooresville. So at Community Church of Mooresville, you're going to find people that will love you. You're going to find biblical teaching. You're going to find two different services. Mount Pleasant is a, just a little bit more formal, if you will. Maybe, maybe um, the, the more hymns, more traditional. 
Community Church of Mooresville, well, we do hymns, and we're, we're really not, we're just a little more relaxed. Well, goodness, we can have different styles of worship and still be worshiping well. So if you would like to join us, we would welcome you to do that. And I appreciate always your support, your listenership. Tell others about this podcast. That's how we grow. And uh, pray for us. And if you want to give monetarily, what I would suggest is go to creationanew.com. And there you'll find some resources. There are some excellent books there that if you purchase them through creationanew.com, you're helping this ministry. But make sure before you donate to us that you take care of your family and your, your home church first. Guys, until next time, bye-bye.